0: Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind.
1: It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments.
0: If you're going through any of life transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome and Happy New Year to each and every one of you. We have a great opportunity this year to create a fabulous year. And so I'm so happy that you've chosen to be with us today because it is a really, it's going to be a really great show. I have just a special guest with us today. But I kind of want to remember, those first-time listeners, what the show is about. And I believe, as women, that we wear so many different hats through our lives that it's sometime, we sometimes get in a spot where we need a little support. We, we get stuck in our everyday life. You may just need a little push to remind you of how wonderful and valuable you are. Or you may really be going through a transformation and need a friend to come and say, you know, look at this woman. She faced something very similar to you, and yet she was able to go through. So that's what Second Wind is about. Whoever you are out there listening, if you are the person or if you have a friend that needs the support, I hope you'll send them this way. So I'm going to share this awesome guest with you today. Dina and I have traveled some of the same road in our, in our, our road to discovering ourselves. And uh, so I was thrilled to hear that she had written a book uh, called Madly Chasing Peace and to have that opportunity to read the book. When I did read the book, I was so excited to share this with you because she holds some really good answers for us to put into our daily lives. So, Dina, I welcome you. Dina Proctor is our guest.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here sharing this space with you.
1: (laughs) Well, I'd like for you, if you would, just to tell our listeners a little bit about you. And how you decided to write a book.
2: <laughs> it's more like the book decided to write itself through me, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just kind of in a nutshell, um, I'll tell you a little bit of my story. Um, and it's going to start out, you know, kind of dark, but I promise it will, I'll bring you back to the light real quick. Um, about five years ago, it was just about exactly five years ago, I hit the lowest point in my life. I had been in and out, I was in my early 30s, I had been in and out of clinical depression all through through my 20s. And I just had felt for so many years that I had this gaping hole inside of myself that I couldn't fill up. I kept moving cities and changing jobs and upgrading my boyfriends and getting different cars and taking medications and going to therapy and group therapies and all of these sorts of things to try and fill me up, to try and make myself feel better. And nothing that I was grasping at was working for me. And towards the end of my 20s, I discovered the magical power of alcohol. And I'd never really drank addictively until that time, right. but something inside me, like the desperate point that I was reaching, the you know, I just got heavily addiction addicted pretty quickly. And that is what ended up really bringing me to the point where I was kind of you know, I was becoming not such a nice person. You know, I was kind yeah. of, I was stealing and I was, you know, just with too many guys and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I didn't like who I was becoming. And I reached a point where I didn't want to live anymore. And I literally chose a date to take my own life. And that was, that was my wow. five years ago point. Yeah, oh, exactly.
1: Oh, so, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are seem like, yeah, those were really dark days. Um, yeah. Dana, mm-hmm. So uh,
2: <laughs> but let me, let me bring you out to the light and I'll just kind of share. Okay, take I'm ready. a minute and, <laughs> and, and, and bring you back up. So what happened was at that point. Um, at my lowest point, I ended up going to an addiction recovery program. And I couldn't see I was heavily in denial, couldn't see how any of this was going to fix me. But I was just kind of open. I knew I was out of answers and out of solutions. And so I chose a mentor, you know, to kind of coach me through the programs. And one of the first things she told me to do was to learn to meditate. (laughs) And I remember looking at her like, "Um, what does that even mean? Like, how is just kind of sitting still with my eyes shut? Like, what does that – how is that even going to help me, you know? But since I felt like I had tried everything else and nothing else was working, I was – kind of open to trying something that I had never tried before. And so her instruction to me was to sit still for 20 minutes every morning and focus on my breathing. Well, because of the state I was in, you know, physically in withdrawal from addiction, I was um, a crazy person in my head, all these negative thoughts, do I, don't I take my life, all of that. I couldn't physically sit still for 20 minutes. I couldn't actually sit for longer than about three minutes. I would max out at about three minutes. But because her instruction to me was to sit for 20 minutes, I would do three minutes and like here and there throughout the day so that at the end of the day, I could call her and say, I did it, you know, I reached my quota, I did my 20 minutes, you know, yeah. and what ended up happening was it was actually more powerful for me to do those little mini breaks throughout the day, rather than doing one all at once and kind of checking it off the list, because that Peace that I ended up finding took me several weeks. It took me like eight weeks of this messy three minutes here, three minutes there type of process. But I ended up fi- finding this place and space of deep peace and healing um, inside of myself. It was literally being in a state of higher consciousness. Like it was so peaceful that it would it couldn't hold a candle to any time that I had been drunk or high. You know, like I was always searching wow. for some kind of relief. If I had known that it was. Visit, that it was able to, on the, in this lifetime, on this earth, feel as deeply peaceful and connected as I did after you know my eight, nine weeks of that three-minute here, three-minute there thing. That experience, that was a turning point in my life where I knew that anything I wanted to create for my life was possible, that healing was possible, transformation was possible. And I ended up wow. building a whole entire – yeah, I'm a coach yeah. now. I quit my day job. I wrote the yeah. book all of that came out of just this little 3 minute thing and it's turned into what i call 3 minute 3 by 3 meditation 3 minutes 3 times a day yeah but originally
1: now i'm sitting here doing the math so originally you were doing it as many as 6 times a day to get to your 20 minutes yeah
2: like 6 7 times a day mhm yeah
1: yep. and would you just stop or just or when you felt an urge would you go to meditation or or was it just like a rubber band on your wrist and you said, I've got to do this.
2: It was more for the first several weeks. It was more just doing it out of willpower. You know, I didn't feel like doing it, but I felt like I had to, it was my one instruction. Um, and I was so desperate. so it wasn't, you know, I wasn't inspired now I am, but at that point Mm -hmm. it was like the whole rubber band on the, you know, it was just, I had to have these reminders to myself to do it throughout the day. And it wasn't feeling good for the first you know, few weeks it was there was nothing really happening. But with my persistence and dedication to it, it totally turned around. And I've used it now. Like I've it's it's the way that I use the meditation process now, it's more like a really focused visualization process. And I've used it to drop weight off my body because after I quit drinking so much I started eating. Right. Right. So I had to Next yeah it was like, <laughs> you <laughs> had to replace it with something you know yeah and in order right. to drop that weight in a in a pretty quick but healthy way, I used visualization and I changed my relationship with food and i don 't have those urges or cravings, and you know healing from addiction i 've lowered my cholesterol doing that i 've transformed relationships like it 's really clear to me that everything in the exterior world, everything my body, my relationships, my financial situation. Everything in my exterior world is a mirror of and dependent on my interior world. You know, so it's all about doing the inner work in right. order to create what the results I want in my exterior life. Right.
1: So, well, you know, I'm I'm going to pick up on something that you said. The diet. So many people face that battle every year. Uh, and how did you use the? How did you use the visualization and the three minute? to work on the diet
2: you know that's such a great question you know at first I thought oh I'm going to visualize loving salad right and I would just <laughs> visualize ooh, I'm eating piles of broccoli and kale in it I love it and it feels great and I did that for a week Joyce and it wasn't working I was like I still want to eat a box of cookies <laughs> like this is this is not where it's at so oh, what I to be real but, uh, <laughs> I know be real I know. So what I ended up doing was it kind of made sense to me that I was like, well, I know when I feel hungry. I know when my body wants to eat. So and there's an there's an intelligence inside of my body that is bigger than me, right? Like I don't know exactly how my body keeps me breathing while I'm sleeping. I don't have to worry about that. I have no idea how my cells reproduce so that my bones grow and all of that. There's an intelligence that operates that's you know bigger and greater than me than my little mind. So I thought, why don't I just communicate to the cells of my body and get intuitive about what they are looking for to be fed. So during my three by threes, instead of picturing loving these foods that I really didn't love, you know, it wasn't working, I just thought, let me just get intuitive and ask the cells of my body to communicate to me what is going to be the best food for me here. And I will tell you, Joyce. Eating from that place, like kind of quote-unquote intuitive eating, is the most satisfying, fulfilling way to eat food. And once that switch flipped in my brain and I just felt my connection with mind and body, just kind of with that intuitive thing, I dropped seven of those extra pounds within 10 days. You know, within like oh two weeks. Gosh. I, had dro- I know. And Wow. When I, when I wrote that in my book, my editor was like, okay, that's not real. You need to take that out. This is not, we don't want to set people up for, for you know. Yeah. And I thought, but that's been my experience because what happens is that the external environment is just a mirror. So when the internal gets right, it can happen kind of quickly when you transform things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, my whole life and, and even the business that I'm growing has been relatively quick when you think about that five years ago, I couldn't even tell which way was up. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, for instance, I'm thinking of myself and this, you know, if you ever sit in front of the TV, you've got those suggestions coming to you. So are you a TV watcher or how do you combat those suggestions that come into your environment that can trigger like food choices?
2: Mm, Such a good question. Um, like I'm just trying to think. Oh,
0: we
1: are going for a break, so we will be back shortly to listen to Dina tell us more. We return about with more of Second
0: Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
3: In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to Home Movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use as genealogy research, repurpose, or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, HomeMovieLegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: We are talking today with Dina Proctor, and she's telling us about three-by-three meditation a process that she helped to develop while she was going through her uh, recovery from alcoholism. Did I say that right, Dana? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so anyway, Dina, we were talking about using this meditation, the three by three, three minutes, three times a day to help people recover from food addiction or choosing better foods so that they can lose weight. Um, And I had asked the question, does the outside um, suggestions that one might see through television and while watching television, and I know nighttime is really a difficult time for people that act on those um, suggestions. Mm. Is that a good time to use the three by three or did you find that? Was helpful, or do you even watch TV? <laughs>
2: That's a <weird laughs> question. So I'm not huge on it. On TV, I gave away my TV probably about three years ago. After my meditation practice kind of took <laughs> off, isn't that funny? It really was like well, a it's a effect. good
1: thing to do, <laughs> I think.
2: <laughs> but um, but I'm not against it. You know, I like I like watching shows and movies sometimes. But anyway, yeah. Um, well, I get what you're saying about the suggestions. And here, let me just kind of explain a little bit of like my theory behind all of that. Is that it, the way that I see it is that we are built needing to be plugged into something, the same way that our bodies need to be fed. We are born. Every being on this planet needs to eat, needs to nourish, needs to feed ourselves, right? Yeah. And so I also believe that in the same way we need to nourish our bodies, we need to nourish our minds and our souls. And we're born with that need. When we need to eat food, we feel hungry. When we feel disconnected from you know, the source that we came from, from wisdom, mm-hmm. peace, and our highest self within, we start to feel that lack. We feel disconnected. We don't feel good. You know, The purpose of our emotions, I believe, is to really indicate how connected and centered we are in the moment. So if I'm feeling open to the suggestions or I have cravings that are all over the place or I'm just kind of scattered with food or I feel like I'm, you know, binging and and it's just not a healthy relationship with food... um, I know that my power cord, quote unquote, is not plugged in because when I'm plugged in, I when I'm plugged into that kind of God source that we all come from, from that source of wisdom, when I'm listening to my intuition, when I'm plugged in like that, everything else is kind of off the radar. So when I'm plugged in and my body is craving a certain food, if you put – Something that's not a match to what my body, what the cells of my body are calling for, I can easily say no, thank you. You know, like, and it's the same thing with alcohol and stuff. It just Mm -hmm. loses its appeal. It's not like I have to battle it and grit my teeth and say, I'll be okay, even if I can't have it. It's like that doesn't even appeal to me anymore because I know how good it feels to be able to Mm -hmm. eat intuitively and Honor what the cells of my body are wanting in that particular time. But here's the thing is like most of us, and this is how I was the first 30 something years of my life, I was creating my life by default. I wasn't intentionally creating it. I had no idea about this power cord thing, you know, like being able mm-hmm. to plug myself into mm-hmm. power and wisdom within myself. And so yes. when we're not plugged in, in, you know, interiorly, the same way if we're not. You know, feeding our bodies, we start to feel that lack. We feel dissatisfied. And then we start plugging into other stuff. That's where yeah. people's relationships might become codependent. I'm plugging into you, and you need to make me feel good. I'm plugging right. into food. I'm plugging into money. I'm plugging into alcohol. But none of those things, and that's why it becomes an addiction or an obsession, or mm. the, there's those things are a hollow answer to what we really need, which is that source of intuitive, um, you know, kind of wisdom and peace within ourselves if we plug into anything other than that it's kind of like taking your hair dryer to Europe you know like that it won't fit the cord right. <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not designed to plug in there and since it won't be satisfying it's like we have to keep draining from that source we have to keep it's never satisfying or fulfilling enough for us to be able to get it so i would say that when we're creating by default we're much more susceptible to the whims of other people's opinions or advertising and that sort of thing but when you know who you are and you know how to connect to your highest self that stuff kind of falls off your radar so it's a really long way of answering your question right but it's
1: (laughs) it's it's changing the mindset i mean it's really saying this this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do. And this yeah. is who I am.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like you get unshakable from that place. And you achieve that through the meditations. Yep. Three minutes at a time.
1: Three minutes. I love this. Yeah. So how long does it take for somebody to see some results in their life? If they if I started today, what would the time period be that I might see some
2: change? Okay. This is a great question. Whenever I start out new, because I I coach people, you know, with meditation, Mm -hmm. whatever they, so if they want to lose weight or they're having trouble at work or they're stressed out all the time or they're overeating and they want to, you know, change their bodies or they want to change their relationships, blah, 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 whatever you want to create, I can help you with, you know, the three by three. Mm -hmm. So what I would say is hold the intention of what you want to create and then we take it 7 days at a time. The reason I do it 7 days at a time is because then it's manageable and it's also measurable. It takes like I've heard 21, 28 days, something like that to change yes. a habit, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you've got to form those neuro pathways in your brain and that takes a little bit of time. But what I do cuz I I used to be one of those new year's resolution people, right? I used to have <laughs> 485 things on December 31st and I was ready to go and let's do it and I'm never going to curse again and I'm giving up sugar. You know, I had all of these. And January, like, 12th rolls around, and it's like, um... Maybe I should join the gym. <laughs> you know, like it's just there's not there's no accountability there. There's no right. discipline there. And it's also totally overwhelming. So the way I see it now is that we take one intention at a time and hold it for seven days. So for the first seven days, if you've never meditated before, you're out of practice with it, it's just mm-hmm. about using the meditation time to connect in with yourself. It can be as simple as focusing on your breathing or lighting a candle and watching the flame and losing yourself in that. It's about learning. Learning that you can hone your focus and you can, you know, kind of consciously relax yourself, consciously take control of that train track in your brain that's always kind of all over the place, you know, like we have the ability to control that and to, Mm -hmm. you know, exert power over that. Mm -hmm. So the first seven days is just kind of, it's like the cup is full. We've got all these thoughts, all these activities, all these things we've been doing. And so the first seven days is about emptying that so that we can create space till the soil and be able to plant new seeds. So that's the first seven days. The second seven days would be to kind of hold the intention within the meditations of like, what is possible here, you know? So it could just be like, what if it's possible to, you know, say it's, we were talking about food before, right? And and all of Uh that. So I wouldn't say, oh, okay, picture yourself 150 pounds lighter that you need to, you know, like it's not going for the huge goal in those, in that, you know, first intentional seven days. It's yeah. about creating the space and just loosening up the, the the heaviness that it feels that you haven't achieved this goal yet. So it's kind of like opening the idea of like, what if it's possible to be more free in my body than I ever have been before? Mm-hmm. What if it's possible that my body actually has an interior blueprint of perfect health? And if all I do is tune into it and honor it, I can slowly and easily and in a satisfying way Shed this weight from my body? What if that's possible? You know what I mean? So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like taking that step. Then after those seven days, you're taking it another step further. You check in, where are you feeling? What are you believing? Those sorts of things. So, but I would say that for every person that I know of that has done three by three, you know, kind of seven days at a time, seven days at a time, I've never heard anyone say after seven days, oh, I don't feel any different. It's yeah. not working. Mm-hmm. Because when you play full out with it. And and of course, three by three was created because I couldn't listen to the instruction I was given. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think three by three is like the be all end all. It's just what works for me. I could instruct yes. maybe somebody and they're like, you know, I can't do three by three, but I do seven by seven, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, so it's about what works for you. But I know when I when I was writing my book, I interviewed because when you say, you know, transform your life in nine minutes a day and three minutes at a time, it kind of feels like or it kind of sounds a little hokey, like four minute abs, you know, it like, does. hey, it does. you know what I mean? It has a yeah. little bit of... Mm-hmm. Um, is that really grounded? And right. so, when I wrote the book, I wanted to interview someone who could give this like validity. And I chose um, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He wrote a book called The Biology of Belief, and he's a pretty well-regarded cell biologist, and and you know he knows all the neuroscience behind all of this. Yes. And so, I asked him when I was interviewing him. I said, "Listen, I've lost seven pounds in ten days. I've healed this addiction from alcohol. I've transformed my relationship with people without having hard conversations, and I'm literally blissful on a daily basis." And I said, I do it three minutes at a time, three times a day. Do you think I'm nuts? And he laughed, (laughs) Joyce. He goes, honestly, I think that's probably one of the most effective ways you could do it because when you – yeah, because you're not – you're not checking it off the list. It's like, oh, I ate breakfast. I brushed my teeth. I went to the gym. Done. Mm-hmm. It's not right. like that. Oh, You're constantly right. and consistently yeah. interrupting like those old thought programmings, those old cravings mm-hmm. and putting yourself in the new. So it becomes a new way of life. It, it literally reprograms your brain. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's my understanding yep. and the explanation that was given to me about why it's effective to do it more than once a day. I found
1: I really found that part of your book so fascinating to read, but my question is when you when you're deciding on the three by threes, doing it three times a day, mm-hmm. and and listening to what the doctor said, do you randomly set that time, or do you have a set time that you do this every day? For I mean, morning, afternoon, and evening. All oh yeah. Yes, sorry. it is
2: a set time. No, no, no. Sorry. No, I I mean, yeah, I understand your question. So um, I don't have a set time for it, but I do have reminders in my calendar. Even after almost five years of doing this, I still have reminders in my calendar. But the reminders aren't, you know, drop the phone and, and go and do the three by three right now. It's just a memory jogger because I okay. find that if it's something that's on my to-do list and feels heavy, like, oh, my gosh, where am I going to fit that among everything else? Instead, if I just cultivate this feeling of curiosity of like, I wonder when the perfect time is going to be for this. If this yeah. is the right practice for me, I know the right time will show itself. I'm mm-hmm. open to sitting for my meditation whenever it's going to be right for me this afternoon. And so the reminder is more of a memory jogger than mm-hmm. a, you know, drop everything and run and go hide and do your meditation now, you know, right. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I like that idea of being able to do it with some flexibility, but sort of with a, a, a very loose plan, but it is important to keep it going through the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if when we come back from break, you might do a three minute meditation with us.
2: Oh, I'd love to. I totally will.
1: Oh, all right. We will be back with Gina.
0: We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
3: Join us for Self Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central on TogiNet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown, and after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there we can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central, on toginet.com. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, Tragedy and Triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts used to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: Welcome back. We are visiting with Dina Proctor today. And she has been sharing her three-by-three-minute med- meditation process. And before the break, I asked if Dina would do a three-minute meditation with us. So, Dina, I'm going to turn this section over to you for a bit to get us into the three-minute meditation
2: Mm, I love it. I love sharing Mm -hmm. with people. So great. So, okay. So let's go ahead and kind of get right, get right to it. Um, Joyce, I'll kind of direct it towards you. And then anybody listening in, if you'd like to participate in the meditation, I invite you, if you've been kind of sitting in the same position for the last little while while Joyce and I've been chatting, if you want to just shake out your body or even move in the smallest way that's comfortable for you, just kind of renew your energetic presence in the space And as you settle back in, just, you know, kind of roll your shoulders if that feels comfortable, whatever feels comfortable for your body. And then just gently bring your focus to your breathing right now. Let your body breathe normally and naturally. It's just becoming aware of the tiny miracle that breathing is. And as you feel yourself and your body relax, the chair you're sitting in is holding you up. There's nothing else you need to be worrying about right now. I invite you to just open a door of curiosity in your mind of, I wonder how profound my connection with my mind, body, and soul can become. My mind, body, and soul are already interconnected, but there is no limit to how deep that connection can be. And I invite you to just become curious. What if you held an intention towards tuning in to the cells of your body and honoring the food, exercise, rest, activity that they are calling for on a daily, hourly, and minute-by-minute basis? What would that feel like and how would that look different for you? And just notice what, right, what comes up for you. Just notice. Just notice. The possibility that might be there, the possibility of increased fulfillment, the possibility of tuning in to a health blueprint that may already be there and just needs to be kind of awakened. The possibility of feeling more alive and engaged in life and just let your body breathe in and out just deeply integrating this idea and even this intention if you'd like to hold it going forward of just a curiosity towards opening that connection that intuitive nudge from the cells of your body towards foods to eat, activities to do, times to rest, and just a commitment to honoring that. And as you go ahead and let your body take one or two last deep breaths in and out, I invite you to just anchor in this idea of, I wonder what's possible when I really tune in and connect intentionally my mind my soul and my body and then when you're ready just go ahead and bring your attention back to the room
1: is it over i'm not ready for it to be over
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know sometimes it feels good and you don't want it to end
1: <laughs> oh i i Was particularly drawn and noticed that in my mind, I was visualizing my new body.
2: Mm. Is that part of the
1: process?
2: Yeah, it is. And you're probably more ready, you know, to do that. A lot of times in the beginning, the way that – because especially with with body issues, they Mm -hmm. feel like they've been stuck and negative for so long that introducing a positive, um, you know, ideal body thought may Mm -hmm. introduce resistance. You know, it might be Mm -hmm. like, ugh. That would be nice, but it feels impossible, type of thing. And so, usually, in the beginning, it's more about just relaxing into what's possible. But, Joyce, I mean, you're a superstar, obviously. So, you You may
1: very
2: very well be. (laughs) You may very well be further along, and not along the path where it's like, you know what? It really feels achievable to me. This feels great. I'm going to picture this ideal body for me, you know? So it's just – it's where you feel you are on the path and choosing what feels, uh, you know, kind of expansive when you picture it. If it feels mm-hmm. constricted, constructed, and anxious to picture your ideal body because it just feels right. too far away, then that's mm-hmm. not the right one for you to take on for this time, you know? Mm-hmm. so. But anyone who really takes on this practice, anybody that I know of who've, who's told me about it, ever I've never heard someone say, oh, I did it for seven days and it didn't work. Like I always have heard and it's been my experience that after seven days, there's a noticeable difference about the way you feel about whatever the goal is that you want to achieve. So, wow. you know, in as little as a week, you can start mm-hmm feeling better and, and really being on the path. And, and that's the whole key because once right. you start feeling better, you know your, your focused intentions and your inner world is getting in alignment and the outer world, I mean, it, it doesn't take much time at all for that to, to come into place with that.
1: Well, you bring forth a very important statement. We are all different. We are all our own unique selves. So we pace differently. We progress differently. We excel differently. So in the process, we need to allow ourselves that freedom to realize that, that we won't all progress at the same base, nor be at the same place when we start. So Mm -hmm. it was a very good, very good point that you made there. Mm
4: -hmm. Um,
1: I think we're so used to comparing ourselves to other people. And, um, this is a great place to start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to, of course, start into the new exercise routine for the 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I really like the way that you paced in your example in your book, where you paced yourself in just first visualizing going to the gym far before you go. You know, I think so many of us say, I'm going to the gym, and the next day they're at the gym. Mm -hmm. So for me, who is not a um, terribly athletic person, I find going to the gym a little, it's work, okay? Mm -hmm. It's work for me. Mm -hmm. And so I loved getting used to the idea that it would be fun and visualizing going first but that was where I started for somebody else it might just simply would I be open is that right yeah hearing you correctly
2: yeah uh, this is such a good point and especially with taking on something like you know a, a new habit that you, it's like you want to love running or you want yes. to love working out but you just yeah. don't you know and I rarely very very rarely will ever take action in the physical world like I will I will never take myself to the gym or out running unless I'm in alignment with doing that so if I want to start a new and this is the example you're alluding to that I had written about in the book it's like if I when I I wanted to start a running program, and this is a couple Mm -hmm. years ago at this point. it's My first work was not to sign up for a marathon and then, you know, where am I going to go from here? It was to use my three-by-three to visualize myself successfully running around one, jogging around one block, period. That's it. And after – it was like – it was over a week but less than two I think if I remember right. And I just – there was – I came out of a meditation one afternoon and I was like I couldn't hardly get into my running shoes fast enough to because I was so inspired from within. Because yeah. here's the thing. If we're relying on willpower, willpower can – is effective in certain situations but it's kind of like adrenaline you don't mm-hmm. want to be relying on that it can get you through in the beginning and if you need you know a week or something of pure willpower is even in starting a three by three practice it's a discipline and sometimes in the beginning I needed willpower to keep me in place but when you're when you are using um, also, in addition to the willpower of just physically getting yourself to the gym or physically mm-hmm. putting on your running shoes and going outside, that's the willpower part, but you've got to still you know kind of do the interior work to cultivate the inspiration from inside because you you know that your body. If if you haven't been working out in a while, you've got to know that your body and it doesn't feel good, right. and you have the inspiration to want. It's like oh, I wish I loved to exercise. Mm-hmm. Your body already mm-hmm. has a perfect idea of what might be an inspiring activity for you to be doing. It's just about tuning into it and getting yourself kind of up to speed with what might be the act perfect activity for you. It might be a volleyball class or swimming or dancing or rather than going to the gym. But you don't right. know until you start right. kind of getting in curious, like in on your. Intake life to see you know what that might even look like so the willpower is effective but it's really kind of a short-term solution if you want to go long-term with stuff i've you know it's really much more effective to get to the place of internal inspiration with it
1: now you've said the body will let you know and, and is that just it'll let you know because then you'll feel yeah that'll be fun to go do and that's your signal
2: yeah what what yeah. happens for me is first of all you know if it doesn't feel good to be doing what you're doing your body is probably saying you know get off the couch right yeah it's like oh right. i don't like being <clears throat> sitting here all day and stuff right. so that's the first signal but the second thing is to realize that this doesn't it's the, your body is not intending for you to hate it, but do it anyway. There's got to be a great activity that would benefit your body's cells, but also be in alignment with something you're inspired to do. So mm-hmm. that's where you open your mind and get curious, and you can use the meditation for this. It's like I'm just curious, like what would be I'm open to the suggestions that my body it's like what I'm doing with food. It's like I'm open to being shown the food that my body is calling for. I'm open to being shown the activity or exercise that my body is calling for. And I'm just going to take it on for seven days. If it doesn't work after seven days, I don't have to stay with it. You know, seven days is a really manageable period of time. You can take on something new. If you say I'm going to join the gym and I'm going to go every day for the rest of my life, you're not really setting yourself up for (laughs) success. It's like, but if you say I'm going to go for seven days and after seven days if it's not resonating I'm going to abandon that then it's like okay and then if you get to day three or four and you're like this is hard just remind yourself I've only got three more days I've only got four more days I can do this it's okay it just breaks it it's like how Jack Canfield talks chunking it down you just you chunk it down into manageable portions
1: I love this and I'm so I'm I'm really excited about this this is great I think I can do this (laughs) and we are going to be back with Dina after this short break That was awesome meditation.
0: (laughs) We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
3: Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join how to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and calling show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun antics, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, how to raise a millionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central, on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A. Your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of zero and six are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford.
1: We have been listening to Dina Proctor, and she has explained her three minutes, three times a day, three-by-three meditation process to help us manage our life, to help us work through our our, um, hesitations, our difficulties, and change them into strengths. And so, Dina, there are a couple things that I loved the meditation. I thought it was such a great, it just relaxed me. And um, I know that for the listeners that just listened or those that participated, they had some, maybe some sort of uh, reaction. But many times meditation can take more than once in the very beginning if they're completely new to that process. Now, you wrote this fabulous book called, uh, oh, called Madly Chasing Peace, which I love the title. (laughs) Because that's what meditation is. It gives you peace. And did you use your process while you were writing this book?
2: Yeah. Actually, I never intended to write a book, actually. Or it's... Tell my story to the world, or more than five people. <laughs> you know, like I'm—I've admitted some pretty big stuff to people that I've never met. You know, so yeah. I never intended for any of that, but I just had an inspiration one day to take a writing class, and I—it wasn't even anything I stuck with, but and it, it just—it kept coming up that this writing could turn into something. This writing could turn into something, and then Jack Canfield read it, and now it's a book. So it's—it's—it's it's, <laughs> it's one thing leads to another. You don't necessarily have to know. I don't think where the path is going. But when you follow those little breadcrumbs of inspiration, you find yourself, you know, if I thought when I first took that writing class that it was going to turn into a book and I'd be speaking on stages, I don't think mm-hmm. I ever would have written it because I would just would have been so scared and intimidated. I couldn't yeah. see that from where I was. So it was actually a gift at the time that I didn't know what it would, was going to become because I was not up to speed with all of that. So, so yeah. actually writing <clears throat> your book took... A
1: process of years or I mean I know it's before you gave it to Jack to read but was that over a
2: it know, probably took me like five
1: years yeah
2: about I would say two years all yeah. told you know and and that's because I went through periods of resistance I went through periods of I'm not a writer and mm-hmm. you know all of those sorts of things but it was it was really a great process for me because I'm not a trained writer at all I just had right. something to say and when I could the more that I used my own processes to get myself out of the way and to just be the channel for the message to come through the more pure and, and kind of clear the writing was so I mm-hmm. did definitely have to be in that. I had to be in alignment using my own meditation practice to be able to write the book as I did.
1: (laughs) So did you start out with the same process of the seven days before and then go into the sit down and writing phase? And when I know that comes in spurts, you know. Yeah,
2: it it kind of does. It kind of does come in spurts. And I would do it seven days at a time. That's the way I do anything, you know. And so my my intention wasn't, oh, I'm going to write a book in seven days. My intention was, I I am willing to be, it was kind of like I made a pact with the message, almost like the message was going to come through me. And mm -hmm. I would just kind of open myself in meditation and just say, for these seven days, I'm committed. When I have an inspiration of something to write, I'm going to have my, you know, kind of laptop or ipad whatever Mm -hmm. with me in my purse at all times and if i wake up at two in the morning and i have an inspiration of something to write down i promise to honor it and that's all i would do seven days at a time you know when i would Mm -hmm. go through periods of resistance i would say i just need to be ready and willing for this message to come through me it's not being published tomorrow i don't have to worry about that you know what When it became less of a book, which sounds Mm -hmm. so big and daunting, when it just became, I'm just going to be open and write down as it needs to be written, it was like totally more in flow. And that's how Mm -hmm. I do pretty much everything now. You know, it's like, I trust that as I just tune in, the message will show me where it needs to go.
1: So those were not continuous seven days, seven days, seven days. There were intervals of space in there.
2: Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, because I would have, you know, an intention to write, and then I would do, you know, because the the thing is, is that with, with the meditation practice, because it takes 21, 28 days to to change a habit you know whatever yes. it's uh-huh. not about that you're going to have to 3 by 3 your relationship with food the rest of your life you're not going to have to 3 by 3 this book writing process for the rest of your life what you do yeah. is put a lot of focused attention in the beginning it's kind of like having training reels on a bicycle it's like you mm-hmm. have this like focused intention you put a lot of practice in in the beginning and then you kind of get your groove with it and then it's like okay I don't have to practice as much anymore I don't have to put as much focus on learning yeah. how to do this anymore I've kind of gra- grasped it and it's kind of my my new normal now so Mm -hmm. and then if I feel like I'm falling off it you know if I would do a focused intention with writing for seven days 21 days and whatever and then I'd fall off it for three months and then I'd be like you know I feel like I've kind of gotten stagnant with the writing I can renew and say I'm going to do seven more days on this or same thing with food same thing with anything you know it's like you do it until it becomes your new normal and then if you feel like you get out of practice you can always just pick it up for another seven days you know
1: oh I like that that makes it so much uh, it's it is the breaking it down, making it simple process, and it makes it so doable
2: mm-hmm. in,
1: in, for me to see it that way. You know, I, I was, um, now I do want to give you time to talk about your coaching practice. Uh, so why don't you do that now? I don't want to run out of time here.
2: Oh, that's okay. Um, I do coaching with um, individuals and I'm actually doing it in businesses too. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, working one-on-one with clients is a, really the source of joy in my life. I love helping people <laughs> kind of clear the clutter and get, you know, focused in, interiorly to be able yes. to create what they want to in their lives, whether it's relationship or body or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then also with businesses, I'm just kind of starting this now and, and I'm just kind of seeing where it's going to take me. But, um, you know, working with companies and corporations to take these little focus breaks. I call it three by three focus system for, you yeah. know, in the business world rather than three by three meditations, taking these little three minute breaks to refocus, to clear the clutter, to shake off a conversation that you don't want. You know, carry with you the rest of the day. Take these breaks to refocus, so you can, you know, increase your productivity. And of course, the bottom line. (laughs) Oh, of course,
1: yes. (laughs) Well, you know, so many things happen, and I, I mean, you live more, almost more time with the business relationships than you do with your personal. In certainly in corporations and um, big business, so I can see this really being a a big benefit to. Things that work in the work, that things that happen in the workplace, for sure. It really is. Yeah, I do want to refer to because I'm such an animal lover, and and I, you know, as I read your section on the the putting down of your dog, because she was very ill, I I just couldn't help but tear up and cry because any of us that love animals have gone through that process and you found it helpful to have this process even to go through something so sad as that.
2: Oh my gosh, it was um, putting down Kate, Casey, my, my cat, was just, it, it ended up actually being a beautiful spiritual process for me. It was kind of like I released him. It was like I was honoring his intention to be released from this, you know, poor ailing body. You know, it was just no regrets, absolute connection. I was just felt like I was so in tune, um, with that little beings kind of intentions and stuff. And I still feel him, you know, I really do. Yeah. 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 He's
1: still, yeah. I'm sorry. I sort of changed him from a Cat to dog there, but oh
2: <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Because at Casey, first I was thinking, wait a minute, where did I put that? And I was like, oh, she's talking about Casey. <laughs> I'm talking about Casey, you know, he's back a, as a dog at this point anyway. So no. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Oh
1: well, what does the future hold for you? You've uh, been working with corporations, which I think is awesome. Oh, website! I want them to know your website.
2: Oh the website's really easy it's just yeah. the title of my book it's madlychasingpeace.com
1: yeah and i do strongly encourage our listeners to think about buying your book uh, which they would go to amazon or do you sell it on your website or
2: yeah the um, the links are on the website but it's it's amazon barnes and noble and yeah. most of the you know kind of most the biggest websites in in most countries you know, yeah. chapters up in Canada and that sort of thing, the bigger bookstores uh-huh. and, um, and websites throughout the world.
1: Well, when you, uh, announced your book, uh, you referred to lots of travel. So I'm sure those were book signings and things like that.
2: Oh, it's so fun to be at an it? event and to speak and then to be able to, you know, people come up and they want to connect about the book and stuff. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. How could I have ever been scared of this? Um, <laughs> you know, taking my message out into the world—it's been mm-hmm. such an absolute gift. I mean, there's nothing more amazing than being able to connect with people that you know are resonating with. You know, it's like holding the lantern for folks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, it's so deeply satisfying and fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. And the future holds for
1: you corporate training and. Do you have other things? Other
2: oh yeah, I'm actually clients? yeah. I'm actually. I would love to create a few things. People have asked me about becoming a three by three coach. You know, like doing uh-huh. a certification process. That's uh-huh. probably a little further down the road. I'm not ready for any of that. Like I'm still kind of developing it, right? Um, in a way, but I think that that would probably be something um, I've. I would love what I, my passion now is like speaking to groups and going out Mm. and traveling and that sort of thing. I would Mm. love to do more of that. I think that a lot of that is going to be in my future. I don't know so much about writing. Um, Isn't that funny? I'm more of of a chatter than a writer. (laughs) So, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I just feel open. You know, I'm on the three by three bus and wherever it's going, I'm going with it.
1: (laughs) Oh, this is so great to hear. Well, this has been really a special time. Um, I know there are women out there that have heard you. We'll put this into their daily lives. And if you do use Dina's process of 3x3, three three, I know she would always like to hear how it's doing in your life. If it's made a difference or if you have a question, go to her website, ask her your questions and I bet she'll get back to you Pretty quickly, unless she's on the road, right? I love it.
2: I love it. I love it.
1: Even on the road anymore is just a computer away. It's so true.
2: It's so because you can Skype and you can call and you can email from anywhere on the planet. It's awesome. That is just (laughs) unbelievable.
1: I tell you that for sure.
2: So true.
1: Well, it's been such a treat. You have started 2014 off with a big, Big bang. And I really appreciate that you gave us this time and look forward to your year being wonderful and my year being wonderful and my listeners' years being wonderful. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at this same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest.